The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The text for our meditation this morning are the words that were read for you from our gospel reading. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for bringing us here to be reminded that you are the God who is with us always. And even when we have to deal with sin and death, your grace and your love continue to go with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So today we are really on the other side of Christmas from that understanding that Christmas Day is the day we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which, of course, happened a few days ago. We had opportunities to be able to sing those many hymns, those carols that we love to sing that tell the story of Jesus' birth, the angels, the shepherds, and so much more. We have God's gift of love that came down for us at Christmas. Most of you have already opened up your gifts, you've emptied your stockings. The decorations remain and people may be coming as they will be in our warehouse or maybe they've come and gone. You know what's going on right now is this is a time of transition. A time of transition between Christmas and Epiphany. And that's what I'd like to share with you for today, because even though the Christmas hymns may be no longer sung or heard in the malls, in the church, we still sing Christmas, because this is the Christmas season. The Christmas season is actually 12 days. Many of you have sung the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, and a lot of people try and figure out, well, when are the 12 days of Christmas? Well, we're in them right now. Because the 12 days of Christmas are from December 25th through January 5th. January 6th is when the church celebrates the epiphany of our Lord. That's a week from Monday, by the way. So next week, we are actually going to be celebrating epiphany as well as the second Sunday after Christmas. So that we can make sure as a church that we are going to be able to celebrate epiphany. We're not going to talk about Epiphany today, though, because that's what next weekend is all about. So today we're going to, in fact, focus upon the scripture readings that we heard today, especially from the Gospel of Matthew. One of the things that we do in the church now is we have readings from the scriptures on what we refer to as a three-year cycle. This happens to be the year... Series A, when we focus upon the Gospel of Matthew. Old Testament readings are chosen to fit with the Gospel reading. Epistle readings may or may not fit because the epistles are usually a longer series of readings from the different letters that Paul or some of the other Christian writers have written. But this particular year, we're focusing upon Matthew. And now I draw your attention to Matthew because Matthew has in it stories about Jesus that are not found in some of the other gospel writings. Think about what you heard on Christmas. We had a combination of readings from three of the gospels. We had readings from Matthew, Luke, as well as St. John. 
Matthew is the one who especially gives us Joseph's perspective. Think back to what you remember on Christmas in Matthew chapter 1. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, right? Said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, etc., 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 right? Because he will give birth, she will give birth to a son. You're going to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Next, we have the story of the epiphany at the beginning of Matthew chapter 2, which again, we're going to talk about next week. So from a chronological point of view, this is kind of seems messed up. But from a church point of view, knowing that during the Christmas season, we like to talk about those accounts when Jesus was a baby or a child. So Matthew has in it a story that you heard in our gospel reading for today. And that story is a story that is helpful for us to understand about Jesus' life and what was going on on that other side of Christmas. Because on that other side of Christmas, we are in fact reminded that something happened. Something that reminds us about God who is at work in our world. He was at work back then, and he's still at work today. For if you will, when we take a look at what is going on today, on the other side of Christmas, we have, in fact, the senseless suffering as well as unstoppable salvation. Senseless suffering unstoppable salvation. The story that we heard in our gospel reading that began today is that an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream again. And what did that angel say? Get up and go to Egypt, right? Get up and flee to Egypt because Herod is going to try to kill him. So in verses 16 to 18, which is really what our text begins with today, it's about Herod. Actually, it doesn't begin with, but it's in the middle. It's about Herod, and what does Herod do? Herod orders that his men are supposed to go to Bethlehem and the surrounding area and kill the babies that are two years of age, toddlers, and younger, the baby boys. You might remember what we're going to hear again next week is that the wise men had appeared in Jerusalem looking for the child. And the religious leader said, you will find him in Bethlehem. And so it was the wise men left. But not before Herod said, come back when you find him because I want to go there and worship. Remember the story. The wise men were told, in a dream, don't go there, <laughs> go back home. Hare doesn't have good intentions. So the baby boys were killed, murdered by Herod. And so technically in the church, yesterday is declared on December 28th to be 
Holy Innocence Day. The hymn that we sang was about these holy innocents, if you will. These poor little babies, toddlers, plucked from their parents and murdered because Herod wanted so desperately to kill this one who would be king. You can imagine the suffering those children experienced, but also the suffering that the parents experienced. Sadly, suffering, senseless suffering, is all too familiar in our world today. I know people don't even want to turn on the news because they hear about senseless suffering that takes place here in our country and around the world. Senseless suffering, like teenage boys being killed by gun violence. Senseless suffering that takes place because other religions want to get rid of Christians. Senseless suffering that happens. Violence, not just against children, but against people. Senseless suffering because of evil that ex exists in our world and people who no longer value life but see it as something so cheap. Senseless suffering is not unique to Bethlehem. Senseless suffering exists even today. Yesterday when I was reading in the, my emails, I received one from Lutherans for Life. And in that email from Lutherans for Life, there was information from the executive director, Pastor Michael Salemink, who on December 14th went and spoke to share reflections at an event coordinated by the pro-life group Defenders of the Unborn. And this is a portion of what he had to say with them, thinking about the holy innocence. And this is, again, referring to um, Jeremiah's prophecy that we heard about Rachel weeping in our gospel reading. We have gathered here to remind this community, to remind this civilization that Herod still slay their little ones, our little ones, in anger and in fear. We have gathered to acknowledge that sometimes to, we permit and promote and participate in the same anger and fear. We have gathered here to weep with Rachel, if only in our spirits, because the little innocents have been martyred, because her children have been slaughtered, and they are no more. We have gathered here to weep with Jesus, if only in our spirits, because he often longed to gather the children, even the infants and the unborn ones and the embryos unto himself, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but they would not. Our people would not. More than 60 million times over 47 years, they would not. 
and we have gathered here to behold that too many houses have been left desolate. But on this day, we also thank God that the manger is empty. It's empty because Jesus grew to be a man, a man who was willing to suffer and to die for you and for me and for all humanity upon the cross. So this is a time for us to weep and to lament with those whose Christmas celebrations have been marred by the deadly effects of sin. But senseless suffering is only one side of Christmas. In the midst of tragedy in life, in this sinful and violent world, we are reminded that God's plan of salvation is unstoppable. No matter how hard Herod tried, God would not let this child to be killed, to suffer and die at this time. We heard about a series of angelic visitors who came to Joseph, to the wise men. And in fact, there was also another angelic visitor who came after Herod died to Joseph in the dream, which we heard about in our gospel reading as well. He said, now that Herod has died, get up, leave Egypt, and go. And he went that they might live in Nazareth, that Jesus might be called a Nazarene. Getting up and going out of Egypt is similar to God's rescue of Moses and the children of Israel who were slaves in Egypt, but God rescued them, brought them through the waters of the Red Sea, and they indeed were given a new life. God is still at work in your life and in my life, God's salvation remains unstoppable even today as God is still at work saving people like you and me. The effects of sin and death still remain and exist in our world today. And you may be going through some of that right now. The reasons to lament persist. Weeping never gets easier. But the God who delivered his people from slavery in Egypt is the same God who delivers us from the slavery to sin, which we were born with because we inherited it from Adam and Eve. But our God not only died on a cross, he rose from the dead to prove it. And because he lives, you and I live with hope and promise that the day will come when we will live anew with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But until that day, our God sends us forth to share hope with people who are experiencing senseless suffering. Our God sends us forth with love to wrap around and to share with people who are experiencing grief and difficulty because our God has given us life and peace and joy this Christmas, now and forever. Amen.